Greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 74 of Spellcast the Podcast. I am your only host for today, Andreel. We are having another solo episode. Things are getting busy again, and I'm trying to make it a little bit easier on the life of my lovely co-host and manager. So, we will be continuing on with our foundational studies once again. As I believe I said in the last episode that I had been making myself a tome of the many pieces of information that I've collected throughout now going on 11 years of study in the occult. I'm basically making a whole book of, well, but basically a bunch of compendiums. A bunch of compendiums with foundational magic, foundational understanding of alchemy, many different traditions, many different cultures, herbalism, different types of magic, my own personal brands of magic, if you will, and much, much more. So last time we left off, I know we spoke about uh, basically all the different combinations of sevens. We're talking about the chakras, the governing, excuse me, the governing organs and glands, the elements that go along with them, the seven trials of alchemy, the uh, Platonic solids, the alchemical symbols, and the divinity, and the days of the week. I believe I also spoke briefly about the trivium and the quadrivium. So, I will be continuing on now. We are going to reiterate, again, some information that we have stated in past episodes, but now I have as many things down as possible. This information was gathered from a wide range of sources. Some of the textbooks were online. Some of them were uh, many that I have here. Judica, Judica Illes, um, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, Constantinos, uh, Spellcasting for Beginners. That was one of the first books I read on the subject a long time ago. The Books of Black Magic. Um, the books by Austin Osmond Spare, um, Samuel Mathers, Alistair Crawley, the uh, the ancient Greeks, you know, when they spoke about the classical elements in particular, so that you think the works of Galen and Hippocrates, there are a great many uh, varieties of things, and I could go on for quite a list of time, but I'm in the process of moving, so I don't really feel like taking out every single book and giving you an online bibliography, but um, if you ever want me to personally state every little piece of information that I have that I have read and reiterated, I can certainly give you the information. Uh, for those of you who are very new at this, I strongly recommend uh, Wikipedia. They're really cool. They do a lot of good work. I know they're kind of redoing their website, it would seem. So, uh, yeah. We're going to start with the four classical elements again. I will try to reconnect some of the other things back to the elements. Uh, such as colors. We've spoken of numerology a bit before. We'll talk about some of the sacred shapes, the relations to the numbers in the gematria. I know I've talked about it a little bit before, but now I finally understand it enough to be able to at least convey it a little bit better. So I'm going to go in the order from the east to the north. So air, fire, water, and earth. Hopefully I can get through all of them this episode. I don't see why not, but if by some chance I don't, I will continue it on in a different episode. Whew. So, I will start out with the element of air. Air, sometimes spelled A-E with a loud over it. For those of you who don't know, a loud are those two dots, accents that are above things. You usually see it in, in Germanic writings. It's a, they call it an umlaut when it's usually over a U, but it's just like a loud if you want to be lazy about it over any particular vowel. Eros, in Greek, kaeli, uh, c-i-e-l-i. Air corresponds with the mind, intelligence, communication, language, psychic powers, telepathy, inspiration, ideas, imagination, knowledge and wisdom, dreams, wishes, Change, hence winds of change. Intuition, intuition guided by 
by higher knowledge as opposed to the intuition you would get from water, which is a bit more a bit more emotional, the intuition you get from from earth, which is a bit more primal. Air, I would say, guides all of them. Uh, if we look at where they sit in the chakras, air sits in the fourth and fifth chakras, fire sits in the third, water the second, and earth in the first, as we stated in the last episode. Abstract thought, which is why it has to do with arithmetic in the quadrivium. Abstract thought, abstract number. Freedom. For those of you who have watched Avatar The Last Airbender, this is uh, one of the major things stated by Iroh and the element of freedom, which is why they were based off Eastern monks. I believe they were based on Tibetan monks. Revealing truth, memory, secrets of the dead. And there's a reason why in most movies you see this emphasized very often when spirits are in the room, the cold wind picks up. And for those of you who have felt it literally, I... I think we can all agree that that's something that isn't as much of an exaggeration in the movies as other things may be. New beginnings, illumination, finding lost items, purification through release. There's many different types of purification, friends, and we'll talk about that with the other elements when I, when I get to them. Purification through release, being able to truly um, dilute and let it evaporate out of you. Really keep that in mind from an artist, uh, an artistic standpoint. Excuse me. Um, new beginnings, instruction, Zen meditation, the mindsets and the principles behind Zen meditation, plant growth, the crossroads, and hearing and smelling. Primarily. Primarily smelling, hearing tends to have to do with sound and therefore aether spirit. We will talk about the fifth element of quintessence at a different time. I'll stick to the four classical elements. Classical being the four classical elements of Western Europe. We will at a different point in time speak about the elements from an Eastern sense, the five elements, which um, are seen as, you see, fire, water, Earth, wood, and metal. Earth is split into three things. Air is not included in that particular uh, in that particular system, and there's a reason for it, and has to do with the the medicinal aspects of Eastern, uh, well, of literally Eastern medicine. So, the gender of air is masculine, but it has feminine tendencies. It is represented by the triangle pointing upward with a horizontal bisector. For those of you who don't know the word to bisect something as opposed to dissect something, when you see the prefix bi, it implies two things that are still simultaneously working together as one. Much like a bicycle. Two wheels, but it's still one contraption made to make one purpose. As opposed to dissection or dichotomy is when two something that was once one thing is cut directly into two separate and now exclusive things. So it is bisected, not dissected. So you'll hear this a lot in math when you're using sacred geometry to find the center point of a circle. You need to use perpendicular bisectors. Well, that's at least one way you can do it. I find it to be the easiest way. So the gender uh, is the feminine masculine element. Its cardinal point is the east. Its energy is projective. It is yang energy. The symbols are flowers the wind, the clouds, the sky, feathers, breath, the breath of life, vibrations, smoke, um, certain the, the, the aroma of herbs, especially sweet herbs in the air. The season is spring. The time of day is dawn and morning. One could argue the little bit of time before it becomes the morning as well. Now, colors are where things get interesting, friends. Because you're going to see repeating colors and elements. The biggest thing that I can say, and I'm going to keep reiterating as we talk about these things more and more, is that you cannot, you cannot be so exclusive in the boundaries that you draw when trying to understand the elements or colors or numbers or any symbolism exclusively. They are all related to each other. They're all constantly happening. You know, life has to be understood 
in a micro perspective in many areas and then put back together in the big picture, but it is always being lived in the big picture. So a big thing you want to think about is there are going to be some colors that intersect. There are going to be some numbers. There are going to be some other symbols from other cultures that are going to intersect. But here's the thing you want to think of. It's basically kind of like dominant versus recessive traits. So some things may be dominant in other settings, but when a more dominant trait comes or the, the other trait's weakness or the, the other trait's uh, antithesis, then that trait might change to a receptive one or a dominant one at any particular time. Much like also in science, how things can cross and can also transmute each other and change each other. I Actually, I read this wonderful thing once. It was, it was on science. which was just like sodium on its own, not like table salt, not sodium chloride, but just straight sodium. If that touches water, it'll explode. It'll completely combust. So, and uh, chlorine which would make it sodium chloride, is highly toxic unless in incredibly small doses. So but when they combine together, you get table salt. Now imagine the perfection of our grand design. What if someone had genetics that would cause them to digest a sodium molecule and, uh, and a chlorine molecule by separating sodium chloride? You'd see a lot more combusting human beings uh, <laughs> happening much more often. Which, uh, I mean, as cartoony hilarious as that would be, would be absolutely horrifying. We'd probably live in a world with a lot less order. Now, my reason for saying this is that, like, any particular things can come together that seemingly don't seem to mix, but might mix or might be semi-related to each other. Different things will play different roles of dominance versus receptive, projective versus receptive, when compared to each other. So within, it's kind of interesting. You kind of have to keep subdividing to see the more micro tendencies of a particular subject. So, for example, light and darkness may be direct poles of each other, but within light there is there is arguably things that are more light and less light. There are things that are more darkness and less darkness, or lighter darkness, darker darkness, darker light, lighter light. It's it's pretty bizarre, but I'll, I'll try to explain it at least five different ways to be as clear about it as possible and as layman's about it as possible. Because I've been doing this for so long and it, it's still maddening, but it's, it's, it's so exhilarating. And each time you come back to it, you learn a little bit more, you do a little bit more. So now the colors of air. Yellow, which is often used to represent in ritual magic, specifically when you're using the candles. You could use white, light blue, Lavender, gray, some people say crimson. But crimson is also related to earth, and we will get to earth later. Uh, and well, earth and also fire. Crimson is a very particular color. But you'd say the crimson because of the relations to the four classical elements that are in the chart of... Basically, it's like it's a square within a diamond square when you're seeing the four humors referenced by uh, Hippocrates and Galen. So... Air is corresponds with blood, which is often known as, as the crimson, the crimson life that flows through your veins. For that reason, that is why air personalities have been known to be a temperament of what's called sanguine, which is very optimistic. It is the zest of life that flows through you, that carries everything and brings everything together. So crimson and violet, these are intersecting things. So we spoke briefly about how um, uh, the differences between an expression of something versus the governance of something. When uh, the elements play both of these roles, depending on where it is they sit. So air, uh, like let's say you have a personality. If you have a personality is primarily centered around air, that is your direct expression. Your expression is like your body, the outward things about you, the outward things that you are putting out. But what governs you and the receptive things, the things that may pull things in, is usually uh, representative of the opposite element or the opposite parts of your traits. So people who tend to be outwardly expressively air tend to attract earth elements. Same thing with fire, fire elements. They will be governed by water elements. Governance is your dark side. It is the side that is behind you. Dark not necessarily being evil, just uh, primal, subconscious, unconscious. It is the back 
part of your body in the chi meridians. Uh, and the expressive side is the front side, where your eyes, nose, and mouth are. So, if we continue on, the metals are copper, mercury, and tin. Tin because of the relations to Jupiter, in particular. But copper, uh, because of the relations to uh, the heart chakra and relating to Venus, that cloud nine sort of reference. And mercury because of the uh, references to the fifth chakra, which also has to do with ether in particular. The stones and jewels that surround this element are topaz, pumice, rainbow stones, crystals, amethyst, alexandrite, adventurine, mica, fluorite, yellow or blue stones, light blue stones in particular, lapis lazuli, sapphire, citrine, uh, chalcedony, um, crystal beryl, pearls, turquoise, um, uh, tush, uh, tushkite or tush, tushchite. I'm I'm not pronouncing that right. I know. I'm just I'm I'm reading it. I've just have it written down. Uh, muscanite, azurite, and many more. But those are the ones that I simply have down at the moment. The animals are obviously birds, winged creatures, the eagle, the falcon, the raven, but believe it or not, also spiders, insects. Uh, the hawked, the wind, the winged angel, and for those of you who study, I believe, um, uh, I want to say this is, wow, I'm, I'm blanking right now. It's either Tibetan or it is, or it is um, Middle Eastern or Indian. Uh, they reference the Garuda bird, which I believe is written by a particular deity. I want to say, I, I definitely want to say it might be a Hindu deity. Um, forgive my momentary brain fart. The angel is uh, Shasan, and the archangel is Raphael, for those of you who work with the angels. The plants are clove, lavender, dill, pansy, primrose, vervain, myrrh, violet, yarrow, lemongrass, clover, acadia, uh, almond, aspen, hazel, linden, maple, pine, benzoin, uh, f pretty fragrant plants against sweet fragrances. Generally, leaves, agrimony, uh, alisum, so A L Y S S U M, anise, bluebell, mint, dandelion, eyebright, marjoram, fennel, goldenrod, mugwort, magic mushrooms, uh, as opposed to the rest of fungus being related primarily to earth, um, but that mushroom in particular, mistletoe, uh, monarda, um, I believe, um, nutmeg, oregano, parsley, basically herbs de province, um, except I want to say juniper, um, uh, peppermint, sage, all flowers, uh, southernwood, sweet pea, wormwood, lungwort, uh, broom, comfrey, elder, eucalyptus, lemon, verbena, mastic, mastic root, um, sandalwood, spearmint, thyme, wormwood, and uh, the list could go on. But this is what I have written down. The wind is the wind of the east, uh, the four animoi. The wind of the east is Eurus. E-U-R-U-S. The elemental spirits are sylphs, zephyrs, jinns. Even though jinns tend to relate more to fire than they do to air, they are related to air. Cherubim, sprites, the four winds primarily, um, and uh, griffins. <laughs> the goddesses are Aradia, uh, Ari Arianrod, uh, Cardea, Nuit, or Nuit, I'm not familiar with this goddess, Yorania, um, Iris, and Aditi. And some people would say possibly Venus um, because of the cloud nine effect of love. Venus can be referenced in a few of these goddess sections because there's some crossover, friends. There's, like I said, much crossover. So when you like look at different umbrellas, different umbrella terms bleed into other things. And that's when they mix and they cross you know, the tangled web that we weave. So 
if you're talking about the divine masculine, odds are you're going to see some similarities of air and fire. Same thing with the divine feminine. You'll see some similarities between water and earth. They're a little bit more similar as opposed to the polar when related to the masculine and feminine when they're being compared to each other. Now, what I mean by that is some things are going to be more air, but also relate to fire, and some things are going to be more fire that might relate to air. Same thing with earth and water, water and earth, and any other sort of thing that might relate to each other. you got to basically just learn which way to chart these things. Now, the gods are Mercury, Thoth, Hermes, Zeus, Jupiter, Odin, um... I, even though uh, he's not technically a god, he's a lower Papa Legba, um, pretty much any entity of the crossroads, uh, Lucifer, some would say Satan, um, if you work with Satan, uh, Kefera, Vayu, Shu, en Enlis, Perun, um, who I believe is a Slavic deity of lightning, very similar to Thor and, uh, um, and uh, Jupiter and Zeus. Um, Merawim, uh, Rim, uh, Keoheva. Um, the instruments are, but you saw this something, uh, this coming, pretty much all wind instruments, especially higher tempered wind instruments, also wind chimes. Um, and certain string instruments, those string instruments primarily have to do with fire more than air, but have air tendencies. They have to do with, f uh, strings have to do with fire more because, you know, they take friction to happen. You're, you're using the friction between the, um, the bow, the bow and the, uh, and the strings in and of themselves. So that's an easy way to remember. The magical tools of the athame. Some would say wand, depending on the practice. My particular practice, I tend to follow it in the same way that is referenced by the tower cards, and it seems to make more sense to me, sense to me that way. Excuse me. Okay, so the hiccups. Hold on one second. Thank you for your patience. Uh, the sword, the censer, incense, the arrow, and the spindle are all magical tools of air. The Kabbalistic world is Yetzirah, and the Sephirah is Yesud. So the chakras are four and five, so the Anahata and the Vishuddha, or Vishuddha, if I'm pronouncing either or correctly. The alchemical element is Azoth which we will talk about more in an alchemical episode. The judiciary process uh, of A is basically the process of judgment of how it is, like you make uh, how this elemental thought form judges the situation is through science. Its Jungian function is thought or thinking in general. The magical accent is to dare. The magical process is imagination and visualization. The levels of understanding are deductive and logical. The methods are allegorical. So allegory, so basically the easiest example, look up the allegory of the cave, friends, um, by Plato. Uh, the personality is excitable, passionate, optimistic. And once again, as we say, the temperament of sanguine personality, very bright, tends to be uh, the worst things that you've got to watch out for being too idealistic. The profession status of air primary people tend to be nobility, high military, scientists, royalty, royal figureheads, lawyers, and politicians. So that higher guiding thinking mind over matter. So it's the matter that's closest to mind. One could argue. The tarot suits are the swords, uh, the fool card, and in the court cards, the kings. The tatwa, if you are, if you work with tatwas, are vayu. It is the blue circle. The virtues are one could are, one could say logic, justice, 
discrimination. And now when people hear that word, friends, and so we, when people hear the word discrimination, the first thing that tends to come to mind is, is somebody discriminating against someone uh, without just cause, just kind of being like, oh, I, I don't like this type of person. I don't like this type of thing. So I'm, I'm never going to have it here. Whereas um, discrimination in this context, when we take our, uh, out the, uh, the negative connotation of the 20th and 21st century, discrimination essentially means you are, you are making distinctions and you are discerning between things that are probably better for you, maybe worse for you, or better for other situations, uh, as opposed to every situation. It's basically how you... Uh, excuse me. It's basically how you can file things away in certain areas and determine which situations might be better or worse for your health, your mind, your temperament, other people's temperaments if you're working with other people. It's basically how to file things in a particular way that um, makes sense and is probably for the best outcomes for all involved. That's the positive side of that word. And this, um, this element is very outward thinking. So... The vices are thoughtlessness, judgmental aspects, critical, impulsive, frivolous, boasting, can also be gullible, envy, well, envious, and greedy. The gullibility comes from the fact that air is most known for revealing the truth, much like the morning stars of the east. Reveal higher truth, but if you're always expecting truth, you or always living by truth, if you're not trained in the other elements, it might be easy to trick you. So watch it. The ritual magic is really divination in general, like the, the guiding understanding of divination. Concentration, prophecy, karma work, balances... Uh, it balances out excess earth energy. It supports generation. It supports uh, generation of new ideas, theories, concepts, gathering info, encourages cooperation, communication, friendship. I'd argue it's pretty much the entire trivium, um, at least mostly. Now, which again is stated in last episode: grammar, logic, and then rhetoric. Strengthening and stimulating mental capacities, travel, friendship, friendliness in general. It encourages cooperation, communication, contracts, luck, if you believe in luck, mental power. Um, uh, this mental power, you need to watch friends, can be very short-lived uh, because it has a very transient nature to it. So always write down everything you get from working with air-like tendencies. Tossing objects into the air, you know, basically like after something burns, letting it blow away so you're working with air and fire. Tossing things over the shoulder and not looking back. Uh, smoke, saging, you know, that kind of cleansing. Hanging objects in trees, uh, incense of, uh, of, uh, of galanum. I don't know why I wrote this. Oh, yeah, I, I put down the, uh, the particular incense uh, in this particular section. I had to rearrange it. Um, yeah, you want to use like sandalwood, mellow, and then like cedar. The dialectic process. Dialectic, friends, it's just like, so dialect, or, you know, or we, you know, we're speaking in a dialogue. You know, you're, it's basically a communication process and how to, you know, put all things together, truly communicate in all ends. This is synthesis and integration. The dimensions are analytical. The, um, if you uh, want to compare, uh, some people have put the, uh, the four evangelists, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, reference to the four elements, and Matthew is the closest related to air. He speaks in a very airy way. Human elements, uh, and by human elements, I mean like the elements of being. Uh, obviously, you probably guessed it by everything I've said before this, mental and the mind. Uh, the style is about uh, communication. So it's one who communicates, a person who strives. Person who I got cut off for a hot second. Uh, yeah, so I, was, I think I was up to style. I just said mental elements of, 
uh, well, the human elements of the mental mind. The style is uh, communicates, it strives, but it also cuts and disperses, separates things so it can be put back together. Again, the most scientific. The runes are Anzus, Redo, Gebo, uh, or Gebo, um, Algis, Tiwas, Manas, Othala, and Ehuaz. Ehuaz, I believe, has to do with all the elements. It, it taps into all of the elements. So, But that's the only one. The rest of them have to, for the most part, do with air. The creative process is development. Death rites are uh, desiccation. So essentially mummification, friends. You know, drying things out. Or as many monks do. And again, we're back to that monk symbolism and the, the evocations of of what it is we think of when we think of the Eastern monks, is um, uh, the process of how, I believe, some people reach nirvana, where they meditate and they basically, the body basically self-mummifies itself. Um, the chemical element is oxygen. In regards to what level of consciousness is represented by air, it's intelligence. The creation deity, or the creation deity archetype, is the Sky Father. The most notable Sky Father you can think of, at least from this podcast, is Yoranus or Orianus. Um, the sounds are pretty much any wind-induced whistle. So, that took me about 30 minutes to get through. So, this would be a good place to go on our break. So, I will return with the next masculine element of fire. Alrighty, and we are back. So now I am going to go to the next element of fire. This is represented alchemically by the triangle pointing upward. Ignis, pyros, corresponds with energy, energy in motion, inspiration, raw love, lust, passion, leadership, the intense side of love spells. It is the most spiritual and physical of the elements. The cross between the two, really the cross between spiritual and physical, one could argue. Change, cooking, baking, candles, bonfires, uh, cauldron work, destruction to creation, sexuality, authority, quick manifestation, um, basically filled with primal energy, purification through destruction and separation, transformation, willpower, ego, the power in blood, healing through destruction. Basically, so, all right, so if we're cleansing certain things, when you cleanse using air, you cleanse by letting things go, breathing it out and letting it be absorbed by the world through the air. When you cleanse with water, you're washing away you're washing away the impurities that are on the particular form, but the form remains. Same thing in air, the form remains. Same thing remains also with earth. If you were to cleanse using earth, using things to exfoliate the outer part of your shell. But fire is the only cleanser that basically destroys the form along with the, with the gunk to transform, to transfigure, if you will. So, the hearth, divine protection, uh, light primal protection, uh, courage, the sun, strength, physical exercise, self-knowledge, loyalty, illumination, vision, as in dreams and aspirations. Um, not like dreams as you go to sleep, like, you know, your dreams in waking life. Its gender is the pure masculine. Its cardinal point is self. Its energy, projective and young, 
The symbols are obviously the flame. Now lightning, heated objects, stones in particular, igneous rock is a big thing to think of, or like molten rock, it's a volcano. The rainbow in some cultures, um, the sun, the stars, lava, and magma. The season is the summer. Time of day is noon. The afternoon, the zenith uh, of the sun time, whatever that day is, usually you'd think the afternoon, 12 noon. The colors are red, orange, crimson, yellow. Now think about yellow in that context. So remember we were saying yellow in context with air. I would say that that part is where these things cross because fire needs air to burn. So that's living above it. And we're also thinking the spectrums of color and sound. Yellow sits higher on the frequency table than red does. Red being the lowest frequency of visible light we can see. <laughs> At least in regards to the seven major colors. White, um, esoterically, sometimes pink. Uh, the yellow is more gold as opposed to light yellow. Your light yellow tends to be more uh, the element of air. Sometimes purple in the... Uh, also, esoterically, fuchsia, maroon, scarlet. The metals can be gold, brass, iron, nickel, and steel. The angel is Aral, or Aral. Um, the archangel is the flame swordsman himself, Mikael. Shout out to the old school Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there, flame swordsman. Um, the stones and jewels are the ruby, the fire opal, all igneous rock, agath, red jasper, bloodstone, garnet, wine stone, carnelian, tiger's eye, agates, uh, rhodochrosite, obsidian, amber, uh, thunderstone, and once again, pumice, because the friction aspect. So the, so the pumice has more to do with fire than it has to do with air, but they are, again, they are related. The animals, uh, both mythological and, and, uh, literal in this world, the dragon, the lion, the tiger, certain cats, usually bigger cats, not so much smaller cats. Smaller cats tend to have to do with water and earth. Horse, the snake, cricket, the cricket, um, because of their grinding legs that they use to make that sound. Their legs are for all intents and purposes a string instrument in this context, friends. The mantis, the ladybug, the bee, uh, and the bees, so also wasps and hornets, scorpions, the phoenix, coyote, fox, shark, uh, the salamander, and lizards. The plants are basically all spicy plants. Spicy plants, sharp-smelling plants. So garlic, hibiscus, red peppers, peppers in general, or pepper, like black pepper, um, uh, many different rainbow-colored peppers, um, cinnamon, coffee, seeds, beans, chili peppers, ash, alder, cashew, cedar, chestnut, fig, juniper, mahogany, oak, Holly, rowan, walnut, lime, mustard, nettle, onion, orange, thistle, omnit, uh, uh, almond, excuse me, allspice, basil or basil for our, our non-American listeners, cacti, marigold, sunflower, heliotrope, beech, red poppy, seeds, anything stinging, so like a stinging nettle, so anything stinging, thorny, hot, thistly, um, Bougainvillea, uh, all alliums, tobacco, uh, nicotiana, uh, patchouli, bay, bay leaves, uh, which are ironic because they're very flame retardant, um, chamomile, St. John's Worth, peony, and rue. And there's much more, friends. The wind is notice, the wind of the south. When the south wind blows, it sends the birds back up north. That's how we can tell summer comes. The elemental spirits are salamanders, fire drakes, and jinn. The goddesses are Bridget, Hestia, Pele, Vesta, Freya, Bast, Hertha, Sekhmet, Elena. Some people say because of the because of the connections between Freya and Frigg that Frigg should also be included here as well. The gods are Agni. Uh, for those of you who once again watch Avatar, this is where the phrase Agni Kai came from, the meeting of fire 
or the fire duel. It was named after this god of the Middle East. Hephaestus, Vulcan, Horus, Ra, Logi, Atar, Prometheus, Gibil, uh, Mars, Ares, Chujung. Uh, I believe Chujung. Sorry, I got cut off again. My phone just decided to shut off. Courtney's phone's a little better for this. So, Agni, Hephaestus, Vulcan, Horus, Ra, Logi, Altar, uh, no, Atar, Prometheus, Gibil, Mars, Ares, Chujung. Chujung, I believe, is a god and not a goddess. I'll have to double check. Someone correct me if you know more about uh, this particular entity of the East. The instruments are mainly string instruments, guitar, strumming instruments, etc. Zodiac signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. I believe I said the... Oh, did I pass? Did I say the Zodiac signs? Yes, I, I didn't say the Zodiac signs for air. I think I, apo I apologize, friends. Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Don't be confused by the word aqua in there. It has to do with Aquarius, but I would say uh, it has to do with air, rather. Excuse me. Um... But I would say the watery tendencies within air, where they intersect. So the zodiac signs of fire are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. The magical tools of the wand, in some practices, again, the dagger, the sword of the athame, but as I stated in the previous element, you know where my opinion stands. Sensor, lamp, candles, incense, paper requests, certain blacksmithing tools, the torch, and the rod. The Kabbalistic world is Atzeluth, and the Sephirah is Netzach. The chakra is the Manipura, the third chakra, the navel chakra. The alchemy element is sulfur. If you ever smell rotten eggs on the road, friends, odds are it's burning sulfur. The judiciary process is of faith. For that reason, its Jungian function was intuition. Jungian being the psychoanalysis of Carl Jung, friends. If I didn't make that clear before, I apologize. The magical action is to will or to do. The magical process is intent. The levels of understanding are spiritual and mythic, myth, uh, mystical. The methods are anagorical. The personality is ambitious, shrewd, quick-tempered, warlike, and choleric. In the four humors, this is represented by yellow bile, which is represented in the gallbladder. In air, as opposed to air, which is represented in the blood, the sanguine personality, but also related to the liver. And that was for air. Uh, gallbladder is for fire. This is why if someone has a blocked gallbladder meridian, they often have problems expressing their will, and therefore an underactive third chakra. They feel stifled, or they feel like they have no choices at all, which means they feel no expression in their ego, or they could be disconnected from that physical aspect. Something to watch out for, friends. It's easy to end up in a self-fulfilling prophecy when you have that kind of issue. But it's always lovely to see where every culture crosses, and even though their systems seem different on paper, they all draw the same conclusions. So, the magical process is intent, levels of understanding... Okay, I did say that already... The personality types tend to be ambitious, shrewd, quick-tempered, warlike. Oh, I said choleric. Oh, I apologize. Now I'm repeating myself. The profession status. That's where I was on. The profession status is often a peasant, working class, soldier, administrators, explorers, inventors, and entrepreneurs. I would also argue knight tendencies. For this reason, in the tarot, the court cards are related to the knights with the element of fire. They're related to the wands and the judgment card, number 20. Um, the tatwa is tayas, uh, it's the red triangle. The virtues here are creativity, growth, passion, and focus on the future. The vices are unhealthy passions and lust, jealousy, pride, selfishness, restlessness, anger, 
and seething, destructive hatred, as opposed to the hatred that exists within water, which rots something from the inside out. The dialectic process is the thesis and the beginnings. The dimensions are therapeutic. The evangelist here was St. Mark. The ritual magic is through candles. You can work with storms with fire, time, instant creation or destruction, drastic changes as opposed to gradual changes with the other elements, healing through destruction, passion and love, energy work through invigoration, star magic, sun work, so yeah, when you wish upon stars, that's fire magic, dear friends, divine masculine, pyromancy and pyrokinesis. The human elements are the life force, one could argue the soul. The style of a person with a fire. The style of a person with a fiery personality is uh, a one who inspires, activates, transforms, or burns somebody. Well, when you put somebody through a burn, these people are all, these people are probably prone to roasting people. <laughs> so the creative process is the idea in and of itself. It works very close with air here. The death rites are obviously cremation. The runes are Fehu, Turizas, Kenaz, um, Naldis, Eloas, Soilo, and Degas. The chemical elements are nitrogen. Easy way to remember is the nitro boxes from Crash Bandicoot exploded and you burned in a fiery death. So, for those of you who don't know standard science, um, Consciousness uh, has to do with the will. Creation deity archetype is uh, the lightning bolt. So you, you think, again, Zeus, Thor, um, Jupiter, Perrin. The sounds one associates with this, other than the crackling noises of fire itself, and the hissing or, or the um, burning smoldering of a, of a fire smothering itself, are also the buzzing sounds of bees and crickets. So, that will end the masculine elements, and I think that's where I'm going to stop, friends. Next time, I'll do the feminine elements of earth and water. I will give you all the information that I have and I've accumulated and put in one particular place. Now, when you think about fire it's often the most misunderstood element it's the one that people tend to fear the most in regards to the great powers and destruction there's one thing i want you to keep in mind folks is that we have a lot of people nowadays that are very keen on on saying let your emotions happen let them happen and let them run their course it's the only way for them to get out of you but for some reason i notice that they'll stop at the fiery emotions like anger and hard passion, lust and intense love. People tend to fear that one the most. People will be quick to say, cry, let your emotions out, be melancholic, be moody. Just, you know, do it in a way that's, do it in a way that's healthy. And of course, do things in a way that's healthy with fire. But people, I never hear people celebrate their anger or sublimate it in a good way. So I try to practice that. Um, the company that I keep tries to practice that. I implore you to do the same thing, friends. Otherwise, you'll never be able to truly express your will in this world, which is a big part of doing magic. So, um, that will wrap it up right now. Um, I don't have all of the things in front of me that my lovely co-host usually has, all the advertisements, but you can find us um, with Demonicos Productions. Uh, we used to be Witchy Page. You can uh, find us on Spellcast. Spellcast Podcast on, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, I believe on iTunes, Podbean, uh, where most podcasts are found. We have some up-and-coming events uh, coming up. We're still promoting the fighter uh, Mike Basile. He has a fight coming up in a couple of weeks. If you want to find out where that is uh, in New York, uh, please come out and support, uh, support local fighters. Um, we are 
Also, uh, we just booked SpellCon. That will be on October 17th of this year, friends. It seems pretty early right now, but you can never get too started picking up those tickets. We just started a Patreon for Daimonikos Productions. Daimonikos is spelled D-A-I-M-O-N-I-K-O-S. Um, and followed by the word productions. You can find us on Patreon. We would greatly appreciate the support. Now, that's support outside of the podcast, which has its own which has its own type of Patreon, which we are uh, eternally grateful for, friends, for all, all those who give to us. Um, the Patreon for Daimonico's Productions would go into uh, making those productions bigger, um, getting uh, venues that might be more expensive, that might be less lucrative without more money to invest and put down. Um, they will help us uh, hire sound people, other artists, um, other uh, vendors and such, um, and uh, all sorts of other all sorts of other things that are currently escaping my mind. Uh, it is currently 1.10 in the morning as I do this, so I ask that you have mercy on my soul. Um, all jokes aside, I hope this podcast was very enjoyable. Please, again, leave constructive criticism. We welcome it. If you want to come on and talk about your knowledge on any of these subjects that we have spoken of, please, by all means, reach out. Um, I promise I don't bite hard. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, again, thank you all for everything that you've been doing, friends. Um, we are trying to show up in a lot of other places very soon. Um, oh, we are also promoting the the up-and-coming concerts of the international vocal performer Stefano Andreotti. If you are interested in inquiring about that particular music, he is a man who sings opera, uh, musical theater, jazz, and traditional pop song, and works with many lovely musicians who uh, he is trying to get as famous as he is. So uh, we appreciate the support. Also, shout out to the uh, vocal performer uh, Nicola Oliva, the soprano, and the uh, La Serin d'Amore. Uh, she is the siren of love. She is the mermaid lady. You can catch her... Her mermaid act out at, oh God, it's an aquarium out in New Jersey. Um, but she does mermaiding, professional mermaid all around. And she is one of the best sopranos I've ever had the privilege of working with. Um, and uh, there are many more things I'd like to promote. But I'm going to keep it brief. Again, thank you. Follow us. Please support us. Any, any dollar you can give, any time or share you can give is worth the world to us. If you keep speaking about us, that's how we get famous, friends. We thank you so much. We will do whatever it is we can for you. Blessed be, and remember, there's a little witch in all of us. And as always, the spirits live in the mirror. <laughs>